Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Between the Stacks. I'm your host, Victoria Horn, and this week I will be reading Sam Mills' short story, A Clear Path. Sam is the winner of our 10 to 14 year old age bracket for our BTS short story contest. And it is my absolute pleasure to be able to produce this audio version. Thank you so much, Sam, and our other writers as well for submitting your short story and sharing your work with us. I was so impressed with Sam's world building and vivid imagination that just jumps out on the page. And I'm so excited to be able to share it today with you. So sit back and let me take you away to Sam's world. I think you're going to like it there. And as always, I'll be going over the August book order, checking in on Book Riot's Read Harder Challenge, and sharing some poetry later in this episode on my regular segment, V's Verses. There are quite a few important updates that we need to address regarding things going on at Odell. Firstly, a little update on our roof. We are in the final stages of completion. They've been working all summer on completing our new roof, and it is finally almost done. So thank you so much for your patience during this project. I know it was a little bit loud in the library at times but everyone was super respectful and we're very excited to see the completion of this project. Another important reminder, if you have not collected your artwork from our tiny art show in February, please be aware that any unclaimed art will be disposed of at the end of August, so please be sure to stop in and collect your artwork at the front desk if you would like to keep it. And story time with Miss Katie is still on hiatus, but get excited because in-person story time will begin this October. Join Miss Katie for stories, songs, and rhymes each Thursday evening from 7 to 7.30 p.m. beginning October 6th. Storytime is a free drop-in program designed especially for preschoolers, but open to all. So feel free to come in a little early to explore in the play kitchen and mark your calendars because you're not going to want to miss this. And another exciting development, after two long years, our Lego club makes its triumphant return this October. Do you love to build? This all ages and abilities club is for you. Join other builders from 10 a.m. to noon on the first Saturday of each month to create using Odell's extensive brick collection. A monthly theme is provided, or you can free build instead. This is a free drop-in program in a relaxed atmosphere. Come for a little while or stay the whole time. Larger building blocks are also available for our youngest creators. We can't wait to see what you'll build. Just a heads up for next month, we will be closed Monday, September 5th for Labor Day, as well as Saturday, September 17th for Harvest Hammer and Paint the Town. And last but not least, our summer reading club has officially come to a close, but we wanted to thank everyone who participated in Odell's Oceans of Possibilities program this year, as well as the staff and volunteers who made this program possible. Over 180 kids enjoyed sand art, slime making, scuba art, paperboat and fish crafts, water exploration, and more. We saw so many new faces and lots of familiar ones, 
and we hope to continue seeing our new and old friends at the library all year long. Many thanks to the United Way of Whiteside County, Country Financial, and Rotary for supporting this oh-so-important program. And it wouldn't be a podcast without a little update on our book order, so you can get excited about some of the new titles that will be coming to Odell soon. So in adult fiction and nonfiction, we have a lot of new titles from many popular authors, including Donna Andrews, Riz Bowen, Sandra Brown, Laura Childs, Jenny Colgan, Catherine Coulter, Janet Daly, Joy Fielding, Lisa Jewell, William Kent Kruger, Fern Michaels, Joyce Carol Oates, James Patterson, Taylor Jenkins Reid, Karen Slaughter, Danielle Steele, Marianne Wiggins, and Stuart Woods. I'm personally really looking forward to one of our nonfiction titles that I may have recommended, <laughs> but it is 10 Steps to Nanette by Hannah Gadsby. If any of you have also seen her Netflix comedy show, Nanette, you will definitely not want to miss this book. I'm so excited to read it. A little bit about it from Goodreads. Multi-award winning Hannah Gadsby transformed comedy with her show Nanette, even as she declared that she was quitting stand-up. Now she takes us through the defining moments in her life that led to the creation of Nanette and her powerful decision to tell the truth, no matter the cost. I'm so excited to read this book. <laughs> and in addition to our adult titles, we also have several junior fiction books coming to Odell. We have the first two books in the Charlie Thorne series by Stuart Gibbs. I know a lot of people are looking forward to the fifth book in the Click series by Kayla Miller, which is titled Crunch. And we've got a Pokemon title, Pokemon Gotta Catch a What? by Simcha Whitehill. And then in Easy Fiction, we have lots of good fall books coming. We have Creepy Crayon by Aaron Reynolds and How to Catch a Witch by Alice Walstead as well as titles Skater CeeLo by Rachel Katzstaller and I Want to Be Bad for a While by Barney Salzberg. So if you would like help putting holds on any of our new books coming to Odell, you can check out the Prairie Cat app or website, or we are happy to help you put anything on hold here at Odell. And if you're at all interested in having first read of a title, or having a nameplate on the inner cover for someone that you love, you can always adopt a book through Odell. It's $15 and you get first read of the book. It's a great way to get your hands on some of the more popular titles instead of waiting several months in order to get it. So if you're at all interested, we have those forms available at the front desk. if you've been following the podcast, you might know that some of us are doing the Read Harder Challenge from Book Riot, which is a list of 24 tasks compiled by the website each year. The goal of these tasks is to challenge readers to explore settings, characters, formats, genres, and perspectives that they might not otherwise have tried. You can find the list on bookriot.com or follow the link in the description. Truth be told, Read Harder has been on the back burner for me the last couple of months, but I'm excited to get back into it this month with two more challenges. 
Challenge number five, read an anthology featuring diverse voices. I recently bought the book LGBTQ Fiction and Poetry from Appalachia, edited by Jeff Mann and Julia Watts, that comes from a variety of LGBTQ writers who grew up in Appalachia or are living there now. And challenge number 11, read a book with an asexual or aromantic main character. And I'm really excited to check out the book Loveless by Alice Oseman, who is the author of the popular Heartstopper graphic novels. I fell in love with her writing by reading the Heartstopper books, so I'm really excited to check out some of her fiction. Between the Stacks presents A Clear Path by Sam Mills. Chapter 1. The First Claire was in a forest, a dark forest with large tree trunks looming overhead. A few drops of rain broke from the clouds, nothing to take an umbrella out for, though. She was with her friends, so nothing to be afraid of. Her friends were Beatrix, Oscar, Callum, and Victoria. Did we really need to come out here? It's so dark, you know I'm afraid of the dark. The words stumbled out of Oscar's mouth so timidly it seemed he wouldn't finish his sentence. He was right, it was getting late, and the sun already set, so the forest was so eerily dark it seemed anything could jump out at you. Quit being scared, the dark isn't scary. What do you think is going to happen? Monster going to catch you? Victoria mocked. She wasn't the kind to get scared, but she wasn't the kind to be nice either. Actually, monsters don't exist. At least, none have been discovered yet. They can't hurt you. But there might be bears around here, Callum explained with such ease. Claire wished she'd been as smart or as confident as Callum. A twig snapped. No, that was no twig. That was a log. A big log was broken by a big creature. Uh, guys, that's no bear I've ever heard before. Beatrix commented. She had a sound to her voice that made it clear that it was clearly the truth she was speaking, and that she was frightened. Claire could see something bad happening in the future. Everyone turned to face another direction, as the beast might come from anywhere. Beatrix let out a high-pitched scream that was cut off halfway. Everyone turned quickly to face her. Gone. Beatrix was gone. Chapter 2. Another One Down A high-pitched scream came from Oscar. Where is she? Callum rushed over to Oscar's side, who was now laying on his side in the mud, sobbing. Callum tried to reassure Oscar that Beatrix was safe and had probably just fallen into a ditch somewhere, and that everyone was safe. As Victoria and Claire scanned their surroundings, there was no sight of Beatrix or the beast. I like your calm in all this, Claire. Victoria seemed annoyed when she said this. It's not my fault. I just think that we need to keep calm so we don't scream our heads off before the, uh, thing gets us, Claire replied. She tried to stay calm, but she was struggling. Callum helped Oscar up from the ground, 
and looked at Victoria and Claire. Settle down, Victoria. Oscar's eyes drifted above Claire's head, stared, then widened. Oscar screamed so loud the whole forest must have been woken. Tears tore down his face. Oscar's scream hadn't stopped yet, and it was around 30 seconds. When suddenly his scream stopped dead, and his hands flew to his throat. His eyes rolled upwards, and he fell face first into the mud. Callum kneeled down to check his friend. He fainted. What did he see? Callum asked, with, for the first time ever, a hint of fright. Everyone stood up and scanned the area. Nothing. When they looked back, Oscar was gone. Chapter 3 Uh, what's that? Callum fell to his knees. No! He really only had one friend, Oscar, and now he's gone. Callum stood up, grabbed a branch off a log, and held it like a bat. Everyone faced a different direction again, but back to back this time. Whoosh! Everyone shifted. Whoosh! Another shift. Whoosh! 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 The presence of other people seemed to weaken. Callum, see anything? Claire asked over her shoulder. No response. Um, Callum? Claire turned around, and he was gone. Victoria? Claire screamed. Claire! Victoria yelled back. Even though Claire knew Victoria was scared, she didn't mock her. They regrouped and decided to keep moving on. It was almost eleven, and it was pitch black. Claire could only see a few meters around her. Where are we, Claire? Victoria asked, and it was obvious she wasn't trying to hide her fear anymore. Whoosh. I don't know, but I think another thing is here, Claire exclaimed. Let's not turn our backs this time, Claire. Victoria spoke hastily. They both turned to face each other. Something appeared behind Victoria's head. The beast. Claire tried to speak and warn Victoria, but nothing came out of her mouth. The creature slowly opened their eyes. Claire tried even harder to warn her friend, but long, skinny, black fingers crept over Victoria's shoulder. Why are you looking at me like that? Victoria's eyes widened after speaking. The beast's two diamond-like beady eyes widened, and the beast's claw clasped down on Victoria's shoulders. Victoria didn't hesitate as she threw her hand with the knife in it back towards her kidnapper. But her hand stopped. Nothing blocked it. Just stopped and started twitching. Sweat boiled and rushed down her face as her hand looked like it was fighting something. Her hand started struggling open as if something was controlling it. Her knife fell, and her eyes were wider than Claire had ever seen anyone's eyes open before. Victoria opened her mouth to scream for help from Claire, who was now on her knees, grasping her throat, struggling to speak. But before Victoria could scream, 
She was thrown backwards as the monster disappeared into the darkness of the forest. Claire panted very hard, trying to catch her breath after that traumatizing experience. She picked up Victoria's knife and felt her knees crying. After an hour or so of crying, she looked up. She needed to find her friends. She continued forward into the thick of the forest. Finally, she found a door. Chapter 4 The Door Nothing was attached to the door, just a door frame and a door. A large, dark, wooden door. Claire walked forward, treading lightly. The door handle had D-E engraved on it. She hesitated, but slowly creaked the door open and walked inside. The room was pitch black and empty. She turned around. The door, it was gone! But in its place stood a figure. The figure wore black pants and a black vest with a gold pocket watch. He also had, probably the most notable thing on him, a golden shawl covering both arms. She couldn't see his face, as it was covered by a golden crow mask. Hello. His voice was creaky and echoing, but she could understand him well. Claire. Claire Crin. Cup of tea? The figure somehow knew her name. Hello? She stumbled. Suddenly her sight blurred and faded to white. Claire, Claire, wake up. Listen, you're not safe. This person is Goldity. He wants to hurt you. You can't listen to him, understand? Claire. 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 She faded back to reality, and she was now sitting at a small table with Goldity across from her, pouring a cup of tea. After she calmed herself down, she studied the room around her. Small gold trinkets were placed elegantly in scenes on drawers. One was of a battle with little golden statues, all in different poses on one side, and silver on the other. Another was a small safari with golden trees and animals, and another had little golden statues of her friends. So, Miss Crin, it's been a long time. Goldity placed a small pearly gold teacup in front of Claire. He then picked up an empty goblet and poured water into Claire's cup. But that was empty. How? Claire stumbled, not knowing what to believe anymore. Shh. Goldity hushed. Her head began to feel light. Her eyes blurred again and she faded into a white world again. Claire, Claire, what are you doing? He's dangerous, I told you. That water could be poisonous. He could be reading your mind. Didn't you see that goblet? It had no water in it, yet water came out. It's dark magic, dark, dark magic. 
Claire thought about this. Yes, what other magical way could explain how he just made water out of thin air? You see, he's evil. So evil. Claire didn't understand. Come on, you have to understand. Wait, what? Did you just read my mind? Yes, quit worrying about that. It's the least of your worries right now. Who are you? Claire Crin, just like you. How, how and why did this happen? Why can I only hear you in this white place? Why haven't I heard you before? All questions will be answered in time, but right now I need you to save yourself and me by not trusting him. Okay, okay, I'll try. She was brought back into the world, or whatever world she was in. Claire looked back at the golden figures on the drawers. On one of them, there was a knife with a golden blade. She hadn't noticed it before. However, there was something dripping off the knife's blade. Goldity got up and walked towards the knife. Oh no, Claire thought. Had he noticed her staring at it? He picked it up and opened the drawer. He grabbed a small rag and cleaned the blade. He then concealed the weapon under his shawl. Claire noticed that he had gloves on, and they had the same substance on them. Goldity quickly hid his arms under his shawl again. So, Miss Crin, how has it been? It's been a long time, hasn't it? Claire started to blur again, and she was in the middle of a question. What was that? That blade? It seemed familiar, but I can't remember. Ugh. I don't know, but that was suspicious. What was that substance? I don't know, but it isn't good if it's on the blade of a knife. Anyway, I'll now speak to you while you're conscious. Understood? Got it. She snapped back to reality, where Goldity was standing next to her chair facing her. So, Claire, do we have a deal? Goldity reached his arm out from under his shawl. His arm was skinny, yet she could tell he was stronger than her, and that she shouldn't fight him. She lifted her arm towards his and grabbed his hand. He had a very firm handshake, and she could feel his arm twitching, too. What did you agree to? I don't know. I wasn't conscious when he said it. Oh, no. Goldity led Claire towards a door that, once opened, led straight onto a rusty and creaky metal bridge. Goldity led the way forward over the bridge. Claire looked down, but nothing was there. The bridge was suspended above either a really deep pit or an endless one. Finally, the bridge ended on a cobbled stone path. A little ways ahead, Claire saw another figure. This one wore a silver shawl, a silver apron, and matching black shirt and pants. He had a gray raven mask. His movement was creaky and old. His eyes were glazed with a gray color. This is silverosity, Goldity said in a low, irritated voice. He's blind, and rightfully so. What'd I ever do to you, darn Goldity? Just saying your name irritates me. Silverosity was obviously angry with Goldity. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Silverosity leaned in closer to Claire. Who are you? Another person Goldity brought to yell at me? N no, no, sir, Claire stammered. 
Good. Silverosity rasped, annoyed. Now leave me alone. Goldity tugged Claire away by her arm. What's wrong? What's with you two? Claire asked Goldity. Ugh, it's an old feud. He thinks it's my fault he went blind. How did he become blind? That's not your worry. Chapter 5. A Diamond Hard Gaze Goldity kept leading Claire on the path, which led to a tunnel. Where are we going? We're going to meet a friend of mine. Not ideal. I know. So who is this friend? Claire asked, genuinely scared. They're nice, but very, uh, interesting. Don't ask them too much. Why? Because they don't enjoy answering questions. Interesting. What's their name? Claire was suspicious. After all, she's in a whole new realm. Diamond eyes. Goldity trailed off. Diamond eyes. Sounds familiar. How? Do you know them? No. At least I don't think so. Wow. Helpful. After a while of walking, Goldity stopped at a door. He took a key from an unknown spot from under his shawl and unlocked the door. On the other side of the door stood a tall and scrawny black creature. It slowly turned around, revealing its two beady, shimmering eyes. Diamond eyes? Is that them? Apparently, I mean, their eyes are like diamonds. <laughs> True. Wait, those eyes! They took my friends! Your who? My friends! I recognize the eyes of that beast! They stole my friends from me! Why, hello. Their voice hissed and rasped. I sense you have a weapon on you. It will be of no use to you right now. Claire swallowed. Anyway, who wants to join the show? Claire swallowed again. Claire was trembling under the tall and skinny, pure black creature looming over her. I'm going to take a risk. Do it. What's the show? Claire said, trying to be confident. Great question. Go to the changing room. Goldity will give you your bearings. Claire walked towards the changing room. It had a large wooden door with a stone brick frame. She walked in, and before closing the door, Goldity walked up and handed her a stack of clothing. After putting on a set of armor and a navy scarf, she walked out. Goldity was standing right outside the door. Hello, how's the armor fitting? Is it too heavy? No, it's fine. Good. Goldity bent down in front of Claire and then tied a sheath around her waist. You'll get a sword soon. Goldity led Claire and a few other people toward a podium where Diamond Eyes stood. Everyone gathered around. She guessed these people were also competitors, as they all wore the same armor. However, they all had a different color scarf. 
Welcome, Diamond Eyes called. Welcome all. You all might be wondering what we're doing. Well, we are going to do a trial. First out of many trials, this will be known as the Clockwork Trial. Everyone must get a sword. Grab one quick. Everyone stumbled toward a bronze figure. Grab a sword from Goldady and Bronzen. Quick! Claire hurried toward the bronze figure called Bronzen and grabbed a sword from him. As she backed away, she saw someone separated from the mob of people taking weapons. She had long black hair, but her face was hidden by a mask. The mask was a white circle with two large black eyes. She was taking a sword from Silverosity. Her scarf color was scarlet. As Claire walked toward the mysterious girl, Silverosity suddenly turned his head directly at her. What do you want? The girl drew her sword at Claire. Nothing, sir. Good, now scram before I tell Olivia to shred you. The girl, supposedly called Olivia, tightened her grip on the sword. I mean no trouble. Claire crept backwards. Silverosity drew back part of his shawl to reveal a long katana hung from his hip, clearly threatening Claire. Claire heard something from the podium. Who's ready for some fun? Diamond Eyes tilted their head eerily sideways. Follow Bronzen to the area. Now! Claire was able to see Bronzen clearly this time. He looked like a bronze tin man. He had a bronze pointed hat. It had tips out of the sides as if he had horns. He had a cheerful expression on a metal mask as he waved happily towards everyone. People started funneling toward him as he walked towards a giant walled-in round area. As they walked through the gates, they instantly closed behind the last person. In the arena, there were giant clock hands. They started spinning suddenly. Welcome, she recognized Diamond Eye's voice. This is the clockwork trial. Everyone on a clock hand, now. The clock hand started spinning and everyone got on. This will be a duel. The floor will drop below the clocks. The goal is to be one of the last to be left standing on the clock hands. No drawing your swords until I say so. Everyone was tense. Now! She heard the piercing sound of the metal blades being drawn, and suddenly the once peaceful area turned into a clinging war zone. She looked around for people, and suddenly she saw someone sprinting towards her. This girl had short brown hair and a lime scarf. She seemed very aggressive, and she had two swords. Chapter 6 A Worthy Opponent the girl jumped before Claire and swooped down for a falling slice with her swords. Claire dodged by rolling to the left. By the time Claire got up, the girl was already charging toward her with her swords above her head, ready to strike. Claire raised her sword to stop her blow, causing a lock between their swords. Claire was then able to get a clear sight of the girl's face. It was Victoria. Victoria? Claire stumbled backward at the sight of her friend. Victoria seemed to weaken as she drew her swords back. Claire? I don't want to have to do this, but I have to. Victoria looked down as a tear dropped from her eyes. 
She dashed towards Claire, who tried but ultimately failed to block her sudden attack, knocking back Claire. Victoria kept a steady flurry of attacks, each while looking toward the ground crying. Suddenly, she went to a crouch and spun around to slice at Claire's shins. Her attack was successful, and Claire fell backwards off the clock into the deep, dark void. Suddenly, without realizing, Claire stopped falling. She looked up to see her sword stuck into the clock, holding her above the void. She started rocking back and forth, and finally she was able to get high enough to grab a rock sticking out from the stone clock. She continued upwards, and when she reached the top, she was greeted by Victoria, savagely throwing another person into the void with her swords. Victoria turned around and wiped a tear from her eye. Her eyes widened in surprise. Claire ran towards her, ready to strike. Victoria ran forth too. This time, however, Claire knew Victoria's next move. She fell backwards into a slide and slid between Victoria's legs as she tripped Victoria with her sword and arm. Careful, that's risky. Claire then proceeded to stomp on Victoria's right hand, forcing her to let go of her sword. Victoria rolled over on her back and jumped onto her feet. Claire lifted Victoria's old sword, now the one to have multiple weapons. As Victoria tried to force a heavy slice onto Claire's body, she blocked it with Victoria's own sword. She was knocked down and knocked almost unconscious. She looked to the sides of her. Right side, her sword with a chip in it. Her left, shattered metal shards and a broken sword. She swiftly stumbled up and grabbed her swords. She looked up to see Victoria grasping her left forearm, which was missing its metal plate of armor. Claire then realized the plate was next to her, shattered. Victoria stumbled from her knees, grasping her sword, which was chipped severely. Claire then ran towards her, sword ready, and unleashed a rapid flurry of slashes. Victoria blocked a few, but endured the large portion of them. Victoria then closed her eyes, still enduring the pain of Claire's rapid attacks. She opened her eyes and launched forward, with her sword knocking Claire back a few meters and almost unconscious again. When she looked up, she was horrified. Victoria looked up at Claire. She nodded and accepted defeat. She got up and jumped into the void. Chapter 7 Victory? Stay strong, you are not just protecting yourself, you're protecting me too. I understand, but please help me next time, deal? Deal. Claire got up and started toward Victoria's non-broken sword. I'll keep it, it may come in useful. Good, look up. Claire looked up and saw someone running towards her. She raised her right sword and blocked the opponent's sword. Claire then put her strength into a thrust of her sword, pushing her opponent back. Her opponent then tried another downslash at Claire. Take a single step left, quickly. She did so. She then got a clear hit on her opponent's right shoulder plate, which she immediately slashed off with her sword. Her opponent stumbled back toward the edge. Claire then proceeded to eliminate them by pushing them into the void. Behind you. 
Claire whipped around to see another person slashing at her, ducked down and tripped them. She ducked their quick sideways slash and then continued to trip them with her blade. Her opponent gathered themselves and got up. However, her opponent didn't pick up their sword. Instead, they lifted their fists. Claire stabbed the ground with her swords. That way they wouldn't fall into the void. She too lifted her fists. Do as I say. Okay. Punch right. Claire did so and the opponent blocked it. Grab their arm. Claire quickly grabbed her opponent's arm and spun them, throwing them into the void. Good job. Grab your swords. Claire got her swords, and when she looked up, she realized that only two other people were left. Someone wearing a cloak and Olivia. Then a bridge formed, leading back to the gate where Bronson was standing, waving enthusiastically. Claire walked towards the bridge, walking across it with the two other people. Claire tried to see the person in the cloak's face, to no success. As she continued, Bronson congratulated them and led them to the main podium. All the eliminated people were there. Claire gazed around, searching for Victoria. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you all had a great time in the arena. Diamond Dyes was eerily excited. We have three finishers. Please step up to your corresponding podium. Claire saw Goldity push through the crowd to her. Hey, great job out there. He led her to the podiums. Goldity nodded toward the shortest one. Claire, with three eliminations. She trembled as she got the lowest podium. I was... What? Bronson walked over to the podium and whispered to Diamond Eyes. Oscar? Bronson whispered to them again. Oh, Oscar. Oscar with 13 eliminations. Wait, was that the Oscar Claire knew? The figure in the cloak walked onto the second shortest podium. And Olivia with 36 eliminations. 36? That's a lot. I know, I hope I don't go against them. Better not. If you were injured, please find bronze and gold to your silverosity to treat your wounds. The crowd then started to shift a little toward the three. When Claire looked for Victoria, she saw her. Victoria was on a stretcher with bandages all over her. She ran to the stretcher where Victoria lay. Claire dropped to her knees as a wave of guilt washed over her. Hey. Claire was surprised to hear Victoria speak. Hey, Victoria. I'm so sorry for hurting you so much. It's fine. She started coughing. I wanted a challenge and I got it, you know? Claire hesitated before she spoke again. I understand, Victoria. Victoria smiled. It was then that Claire realized that Victoria had a bandage over her eyes. Oh my gosh, Victoria, what did I do? Are you blind? Victoria let out a faint chuckle. No, you rat, it's just a scratch. There was a pause. Oh, how touching. Claire turned around to see Goldie standing there. Come on, Claire, it's almost time for the next trial. Claire said her farewells to Victoria and followed Goldie. Welcome back, everyone. I see you're all doing better. 
some better than others. However, we can all rejoice as the next trial awaits, everyone moaned. Rejoice, no worries. This will be the trial of mazes. Let me explain quickly. You'll be put in a dark labyrinth with three creatures. First three to make it to the center of the labyrinth win. Oh, and the creatures, they won't hesitate to, you know, knock you down and out. Claire trembled. What did he mean? Follow Bronson. Now! Chapter 8. The Labyrinth Everyone shuffled towards Bronson, weary of the trial ahead. Bronson led them to the entrance of a giant maze. Claire wasn't particularly good at mazes. Everyone lined up behind Bronson, readying their swords. Bronson raised his arm. He smiled and tilted his head, and quickly lowered his arm, signaling for everyone to enter. Claire ran with the giant mob of people entering the maze. People then turned left and right, while Claire turned left. Left, right, straight, left, right, and soon enough she was alone. As she kept running through the corridors, she eventually saw someone. She sprinted to them. They were sitting against the wall. Their armor was cracked and dented severely. She kneeled beside them. They didn't look alive. She checked their heartbeat. Alive. She lifted their head, which revealed them to be knocked out by something big. Claire put their sword in their arms and left, wishing them the best. As she continued, she heard something like a large stomping. She turned a corner to see the person in a cloak protecting someone unconscious from a giant tree with large wooden arms. Claire ran to a stance beside the cloaked person. The wooden creature took a step forward and slammed its left arm into the chest of the cloaked person. The person was launched into the wall, making a dent. Claire proceeded to take a slice at the creature. It did almost nothing, except cut a small bit of bark off. The monster started to slowly turn itself. That's it. All she needs to do is run around and attack. It won't be able to turn fast enough to hit her. She executed her plan with ease and relief that it worked. She sliced a twig off, which tore off a portion of bark. She decided to attack the now bare tree. She took both her swords and sliced it, and it split off. The creature seemed to feel it as it roared in pain. Claire had a new plan now. Claire backed up and ran at the tree. Once close enough, she jumped and ran up the tree just enough to be able to grab the arm. She hung there and started hacking at its arm as it swatted her to no use. She was able to cut off its right arm completely. It roared in aggression towards her. The cloaked person got up from the ground and also ran to the creature. The cloaked person jumped but missed. However, Claire caught them. She lifted them onto the left arm of the creature. They both started hacking at the bark, revealing its weak spots. They both lost their balance and stumbled off the arm. She hit the stone floor, causing an aching pain in her back. She looked up to see the creature with no arms. She looked over to the person with the cloak, only to see their hood had fallen. The person was the Oscar she knew. 
thoughts clouded Claire's mind. She found him. Oscar was still alive and here. She quickly grabbed her blade and rushed to Oscar's side. Oscar, is that you? The giant tree smashed the ground between Oscar and Claire with its trunk. Claire tumbled away into a wall. She opened her eyes to see Oscar lying on the ground with a tree creature looming over him. Claire tried to get up, but her joints were aching too much. She immediately collapsed forward. She opened her eyes again, and Oscar was crouched in front of the creature, grasping his sword in front of him. His eyes, however, were closed. She watched, horrified, as he might get hit. His eyes flashed open, and he dashed toward the creature at a speed so fast Claire could hardly believe it came from such a skittish person as Oscar. He slashed viciously at the creature with his sword. The creature squealed and fell forward. Claire stumbled up, trying to balance herself on her aching legs. She stumbled towards Oscar, who was perched on top of the defeated tree. He fell to his knees atop the creature, then fell forward onto the cold stone floor. Claire stumbled up to him and bent down to her friend. She nudged him over. Oscar, are you okay? You took quite a beating there. How did you do that? Oscar's words tumbled out. Who are you? Is, is that you, Claire? Callum? He stumbled to his knees and started coughing wildly. Each cough, Claire grew more worried. She stumbled forward and tried to figure out what was happening. He fell over, coughing. He suddenly stopped. Just silence. The sudden silence frightened Claire. Again, one of her friends lay injured or hurt. She felt his heartbeat. He was alive. She picked him up and laid him against a wall and put his sword between his hands. She got up and wiped a tear from her eyes. She had to continue. Chapter 9. The Ancient Statue Claire continued in the labyrinth, searching for the center. Suddenly, when she turned a corner, she saw something terrible. An entire group of around 15 people were unconscious in a small corridor. She wondered what horrifying scene had gone on here. She continued on and heard giant footsteps. She ran forward, bracing for any opponents to show themselves. She turned a corner to see a gray person standing idle with other unconscious people around them. This person, however, had samurai-looking armor. Claire ran towards them with her hand on her sword's handle, ready to unsheath it at any time. She got close enough to see something peculiar. It was stone. Before she could stop her sword strike, it turned around and blocked her attack with its own sword. She fell backwards, and when she recovered, the statue was already attacking her again. She rolled over and grabbed her sword. She looked up and saw the statue's blade already swinging at her again. She stumbled back and managed not to get hit. She raised her sword swiftly and hit the statue's face. She raised her sword again luckily blocking another attack from the statue. She and the statue continuously traded attacks until Claire was able to knock the stone sword to the side and stab the statue in the head. When she looked up, expecting to see the stone crumbling, she saw instead a small crack in a stone mask. She backed up as the statue didn't move. 
She was wondering what the statue was doing as it stood there motionless. Suddenly, as if someone had resumed time to the statue, it swept Claire off her feet with its sword. She stumbled up on weak legs and started to block more incoming attacks. She again knocked the sword to the side and slashed at the statue's face. This time, she saw the mask fall off and shatter into pebbles on the ground. She looked up to see if her attack did any other damage. She hadn't done anything except reveal a terrified stone face. The statue's face was frozen in a state of horror. The statue again stopped moving. It moved again, but its movement wasn't an attack. It had dropped its sword, which confused Claire as she watched the stone blade fall to the ground. Suddenly, the statue raised its arms. Stones from the wall started to break off and come towards the statue. The pebbles started to form two stone figures with stone swords. Claire raised her sword ready for combat and the statues rushed towards her. She now had to face two enemies. She tried to block the rapid attacks from multiple directions. However, it was simply too difficult. She fell backwards, which bruised her back badly. She could clearly hear her heartbeat as she breathed heavily. She decided that she would have to use both her swords. She picked up her sword from the ground and sprang up. In the same movement, she blocked an attack from her opponents. While their swords were locked, she reached down and unsheathed Victoria's sword. She sliced one of the stone figure's legs off. Its torso and arms fell motionless to the ground and shattered into pebbles. She turned to the other and started to chip away at the stone. After a small dent was made in the stone, the statue raised its sword and swiped downwards at her. Claire closed her eyes and braced herself for the pain. Nothing happened. She opened her eyes to see someone with bandages covering parts of their body stopping the stone blade with their own. It was Victoria. How was she here? Didn't she get injured? Claire was in too much awe to answer the voice. Victoria held her sword above Claire's head and held it there. Sparks started to leap off the two swords, and cracks formed on the stone blade. Suddenly, stone shards were sent soaring through the air. In the same movement, Victoria chopped the statue in half. The rocks collapsed onto the cool floor. Victoria panted heavily as Claire realized that Victoria's face bandage was over only one of her eyes. Both Claire and Victoria looked over to the stone samurai. They congratulated each other without saying anything. The statue lowered its arms and picked up its sword. Claire and Victoria braced themselves. Claire tossed Victoria's old sword at her. They both dashed at the statue with determination. Claire ducked down and swept at the statue's feet, slicing them off. Victoria then sliced its head and arms off. It crumbled when it hit the ground. Claire wiped sweat from her forehead. So did Victoria. The pebbles of the destroyed statue started to rumble and shake. Then they started to float to each other, eventually forming the samurai again. Claire was caught off guard and knocked to the ground in a single hit. She saw Victoria then take many attempts to attack the statue. Claire struggled up once more and continued to attack. Claire felt her sword get duller and duller after each scrape against the stone body. After a barrage of attacks from Victoria and Claire, the statue stepped backwards. 
It continued to walk backwards until it was cornered. It swept Claire down once again. This time, Claire was too stunned to get up. She watched as Victoria's attacks quickened, as she saw the statue's stone sword raised slowly behind its shoulder. The sword swept down at Victoria and hit Victoria's cracked shoulder plate. Victoria stumbled back, but she managed to balance herself before she fell. She braced herself, then stepped forward and lifted her leg to the statue's face. The statue was launched against the wall. The entire statue was intact except for the destroyed head. Claire was stunned at the sight of the headless statue laying lifeless against the wall. Victoria helped Claire up, but Claire was still weak. Suddenly, they heard a large thump, followed by a shake in the ground. They both looked at the last corner. They saw Oscar get launched into the stone wall. And from the corner, the giant tree creature emerged, with all its limbs intact. Claire stammered back, wondering how it happened. She looked down to see the statue warrior's crushed head slowly starting to reconstruct itself. Claire and Victoria ran in the opposite direction of the wooden creature. Claire was getting tired from running, and soon she took a breath. She then realized that Victoria wasn't with her. She looked back to see Victoria crouched down on the floor panting. Claire ran to Victoria's side. I can't make it farther. Go ahead. Win for me. I'll cheer for you. No, you have to come. You deserve to win this, Claire urged. Victoria coughed loudly. Claire looked back and saw the statue walking towards them. Come on, Victoria, you have to get up. Claire tried to lift Victoria to her feet, but she didn't have the strength in her. Good luck, Victoria handed Claire her sword. Win for me. Victoria shoved Claire forward and squirmed to the wall where she sighed and fell over, asleep. Claire grasped Victoria's sword to her heart and ran forward with newfound strength. She made a turn and saw a giant tree in a patch of grass. Claire ran towards the tree in a blitz of happiness for winning, in sorrow for Oscar and Victoria. She reached the tree where two other people were sitting, eating golden berries. One was Olivia, and the other she couldn't recognize. From the top branch of the tree, goldy, silveracity, bronze, and diamond eyes jumped down. Good job, competitors, diamond eyes hissed. Claire trembled as they spoke. You all have passed this trial, but you won't get a break yet. You winners will have to compete against each other. The last two will duel each other. Diamond Eyes rasped with amusement in his voice. Diamond Eyes snapped, and Bronzen walked towards the three winners with a bowl of free blueberries. Claire took one of the plump round berries. She swallowed it and started to get lightheaded. Goldity walked towards her. Good luck. She blacked out into a deep sleep. Chapter 10 the Blossoming Forest Claire woke up in a dark forest with pink blossoming trees. She got up and wandered around the mysterious place. It seemed peaceful, but she knew it wouldn't last long.
Soon the peace was broken as she saw Oscar fighting the other person at the tree. She ran towards the battle, but before she could get there, the other person had already knocked Oscar unconscious. Claire sprinted towards the other person and tackled them to the ground. The impact was enough to knock the already weakened opponent unconscious. Claire realized that if Oscar and this person were knocked out, it was only her and Olivia left. Suddenly, Goldity jumped from a tree in front of Claire and walked calmly towards her. Yes, you did it. All you need to do now is beat Olivia and you win. Claire was skeptical. Olivia seemed tough. Claire didn't know how she would take her on. Come on. Goldity led Claire to a door in a tree. Chapter 11 The Final Destination The door led to an arena with debris of stone and trees scattered about. Claire walked forward to meet her opponent. She looked over to see that Goldity wasn't with her anymore. Claire scanned the crowd, which she just noticed, and found him sitting next to Silverosity. Claire looked forward to see Olivia walking towards her. Once they were about ten feet apart, they both stopped. Claire took a deep breath and braced herself for her menacing opponent. She drew her swords along with Olivia and rushed towards her. They both raised their swords. Clang! The sound of the first attack. She realized why Olivia made it this far. Olivia unleashed a furious flurry of blows at Claire. Claire found an opening and striked, knocking Olivia to the ground. Olivia got up and grunted in anger. Her flurry of attacks quickened as she stared deep into Claire's eyes. Olivia jumped back and braced herself for a running strike. Claire had an idea to knock Olivia down. Olivia rushed towards Claire, who jumped to the side and tripped Olivia with her sword. Olivia tumbled on the dusty sand, but managed to get up. She sprinted at Claire, who blocked her strike with her own. Claire's blade broke as iron shards were sent soaring at her. She fell to the ground with metal splinters in her arms. She looked at her bruised arms to see that they weren't too badly hurt. She got up and wondered how she would attack Olivia, who was already running at her again. Claire braced herself and blocked the swift attack with the remainder of her sword. Her and Olivia's swords were locked together, with each trying to press hard enough so the other would be sent tumbling back. Claire knew she would lose the attack, even if she took out Victoria's sword. But she remembered something. She reached into her pocket and pulled out Victoria's pocket knife and swung at Olivia blindly. She staggered back and looked up to see Olivia clutching her face. She turned to Claire and lifted her hands from her face. Olivia's mask fell to the ground, broken in half, revealing an angry, tired, and scared face. Olivia rushed toward Claire and struck her arm. Claire stumbled back and clutched her arm. Olivia ran at her again, but Claire dodged and tripped her again. Olivia tumbled into a fallen log, where she sat dazed, clearly dizzy. Claire took advantage of this and ran towards Olivia, who attempted to kick her, but missed. Claire was ready to strike Olivia to win, but Olivia tripped her. 
Claire crawled away until she was far enough to get up without the threat of being hit again. She got up and breathed heavily, catching her breath. She looked up and saw Olivia stumbling slowly towards her. Claire rushed as fast as she could on her weak legs towards Olivia. They traded volleys of attacks at each other. Claire was knocked back, and when she looked up again, she saw Goldity and Silverosity also fighting in the stands. She got up and ran towards Olivia, and struck her. Both their swords shattered. Claire stood motionless, waiting for something to happen. She turned around and saw Olivia fall over, unconscious. Claire was excited, but her excitement was short-lived as she fell forward, exhausted. Chapter 12 A Good Day She woke up in her bed. She looked up and saw Victoria sitting on the foot of her bed. You finally decided to wake up, Victoria joked. Claire was wondering if that entire thing was a dream. She looked on her desk, where a navy scarf lay. Good morning. Feeling better after your victory? Yes, Claire thought. Yes, I feel good. I feel better that I'm out of the realm. So you want to go see the others? I think Oscar was wondering if you were okay. Claire thought about this. Yes. I would. So I'll go ahead and keep this Feast versus segment short and sweet but I didn't want to let this episode go without sharing my own two cents in this celebration of creative writing. One of my favorite things about writing is the community of creative folks with whom you ignite inspiration, share work, and seek advice that will strengthen your writing as well as theirs. It doesn't matter how experienced you are, your words are always welcome. And that is especially true here. Thanks to Sam and all of our writers who submitted to our short story contest for reminding me of the joy of inviting others into your inner world through writing. So here's just a little poem I wrote last year that I felt like had a similar vibe to Sam's story. Familiar by Victoria Horn From the velvet hours between sleeping and dreaming, your words cast spells that lift a thousand curses and bind my heart to yours, the timid, terrified animal in me, transformed by the incantation of your eyes that see beyond every protection charm I've cast. I curl up in your soul and vow to spend my magic for your peace. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode, and thanks once again to Sam for letting me share your beautiful story with our listeners. 
If you have questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can email me at ask.odell.library at gmail.com. And until next time, I hope you've enjoyed your time Between the Stacks. This episode of Between the Stacks featured A Clear Path, written by Sam Mills and produced by Victoria Horn. Special thanks to Sam, the Odell Public Library staff, library board, and friends of Odell. A hearty cheers to all of our lovely patrons who support the library, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's torso and arms fell moving. <laughs>